Yeah, I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the unofficial Stranger Things podcast. The only one, we're pretty sure. We didn't look it up. I don't think there's any other ones. So you're good. If you've been looking for a podcast to talk about Stranger Things, search no further. There's none. You found the chocolate pudding. We are here to fill that void. This is it. We're lying. There's a lot more. But hey, we're number two. We're the number two uh, Stranger Things podcast in the world. Pretty sure. Hell yeah. If our uh, calculations are correct. So you've done your hard work, boosting us up, listening to us, rating and reviewing, doing all that stuff. If you haven't done that, get on that right now. Press pause because I don't want you to miss anything. And please do that because we got some stiff competition out there. Uh, Welcome to the show. (laughs) We just watched uh, Stranger Things 4 Chapter 2 and we're about to talk about it. We're going to find some egos talk about our favorite moments, recap every moment, play by play. You can email the show at any time, not during the show, because that's rude, we're talking, but later you can email the show <laughs> at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That is streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can also uh, subscribe to our Patreon. We have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash streamingthings. We have extra content on there. Last night we did a, a, a banger, a doozy, as the kids say. I think they call it a doozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, it was lit? Yeah, fam. Mm. Steve spent weeks uh, designing a D&D trivia crossover game, all based around Stranger Things, the first three seasons. Uh, we had just a hoot, I think is another thing the kids say. Uh, playing that game with Steve. Hashtag gains. That's available uh, only on our Patreon as of right now. And we've also got uh, uh, a recap and review of the Kenobi show dropping on Patreon only. So if you're into that show, which drops simultaneously with Stranger Things, and that's where to find that. Patreon.com slash streaming things. Damn it. Do it. You know so, you want to. You know you want to. Come on. Yeah, you do. Yeah, dude. Just listen, to, listen to Papa Steve. Listen to Papa Steve for a second. You know Ew. what? You deserve it. You spoil yourself. Go out there and do Splurge. It. Just do it. Treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> I keep trying and you guys aren't letting me get away with using that. Uh, yeah. So that's where you can do that at. There's a lot of good stuff on there. We, but if you can't afford that, we understand times are tight. Inflation, Elon Musk, stock market. I don't understand it. I just know I'm poor. However, you can support us for free. Like I alluded to earlier by uh, just rating and reviewing the show on you know, Apple podcast or Spotify or Google yeah. play or wh- wherever you're listening to it. That helps a lot. You wouldn't believe algorithms and whatnot, but let's open the show. We got a new thing we're doing. We're going to try it out. See how the, we haven't heard any feedback on how much they like it yet, but we're doing stranger things themed Mad Libs. So we're going to, Steve's going to cue us up. We're going to fill in the holes. And at the end of the episode, Steve's going to read the story to us and see what, see what we came up with accidentally. Yeah. Today's uh, Mad Lib is titled, Which Stranger Kid Are You? Ooh. Mm. Who's going to kick it off this time? It's always Andy. It's always Andy. Okay, Andy, you're up. Plural noun. Plural noun. Elephants. I don't know why I shouted that, but I'm sorry. I love the enthusiasm. I'm I, loving it. I do I'm too. I'm loving it. You're here to play. You're here to win, and I'm here for it, okay? Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I want to win the Mad Libs. <laughs> I'm going to win. Uh, uh, adjective. Quick. Part of the body. Uh, You're going to do phalanges? That's your, <laughs> that's your go-to. <laughs> nipples. Oh, nipples. Verb. 
strike. Plural noun. Antelopes. Sticking with animals today. So far. Yeah. <laughs> antelopes, right on. Noun. Just a regular old noun. A regular old noun. Ladder. Andy hit me up with another regular old noun. A regular old noun. Okay, so I'm going to mix it up. We're not going to do any animals this time. Dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dog shit. Yes. Dog shit? Okay. <laughs> Good save. Plural noun. I'm only thinking of animals at this moment. Pens. Another plural noun, please. Prostitutes. You came in real hot with that. <laughs> I was prepared. You were like, God, I hope it's plural noun, plural noun, plural noun. Uh, verb. Purchasing. Would purchase just be a verb? Yes. Yes. Purchase. Let's like I purchase. said, they don't ask he, us he, he to conjugate it. They don't ask us to conjugate these verbs. I don't know. what They what, usually say verb ending in ing if they want an ing verb. Okay. Okay. Purchase. Uh, noun. Windmill. Windmill. Okay. Regular old noun. Oh, unicorn. It's a fake animal. Uh, letter <laughs> of the alphabet. What? Uh, let's go with Q. Silly word. Flim flam. And last but not least, a person in the room. Miss Penny. Miss Penny. Miss Penny. Oh, Miss Penny's so good. Well, tune in to the end of the episode where we will find out what the story is that you guys have just created. Which stranger kid are you? I cannot wait. It's going to be Dickensian proportions. That's how good it's going to be. Please, sir. Nipples I want to be a stranger kid. <laughs> Please, sir. Tom Holland Tom here. Tom Holland here. That's what I was thinking. Tom Holland showed up. That's crazy. Zendaya let me out of her purse so I could be here on the show. <laughs> so chapter two of Stranger Things 4 titled Vecna's Curse is what we're talking about. And Netflix describes the episode thusly. A plane brings Mike to California. And a dead body brings Hawkins to a halt. Nancy goes looking for leads. A shaken Eddie tells the gang what he saw. And that's it. That's what that's where we're going. So overall thoughts, that's what we do first. Andy, what did you think of episode two? It was good. Uh, it it uh, continued the story, which is great. It felt very much like a... Uh, we're getting ready. We're putting the pieces on the board and getting the people where they need to be. Uh, so it felt a little bit like kind of an in-between episode, but still had some pretty great moments uh, throughout. I struggled a little bit with the chocolate puddings. Like what were three things that like truly stood out to me? And I was like, oh, well, there were things I liked about it, but it more just got me hyped for the next one. Indeed, Steve. I agree with that. This is definitely setting up for bigger and better things to come. Uh, I do enjoy what the episode really kind of does. And that is Hawkins kind of grappling with its past trauma and the things that are happening in it. Cause you don't get that a lot in the show. It's just, you get the core characters that are dealing with the insane stuff that's happening. And the, the town at large is mostly unaware. And, and the town is seemingly finally starting to wake up to the idea of like, something's fucked up here. And I really like this continuing narrative of how people are dealing with that. Agreed. I'm right on the same uh, same boat with you guys. You know, there was nothing that really stood out. Chocolate puddings were tough to find. Um, this is very much a, hey, we know that we dropped all the episodes at once and you're probably just going to click right on three. So no big deal. We had to set some things up. Um, so I'm excited to hop off these microphones and, and go carry on wayward mm -hmm. sons um, right there with you. So we open. I want to. I want to point out something. We didn't talk about it last time, but the Netflix logo itself is Stranger Thing, mm. Stranger Things themed. So it's like you get the dum dum, and then the N of multicolors flies at you. But behind that is like a mind flayer esque uh, red, lightning red lightning thing. Red lightning thing. Yeah, I don't think they've done that for any other of their Netflix originals. It's just their straight, you know, the rainbow N on black, right? 
That, um, yeah, that I can think of for sure. So it's worth noting. Uh, but this, the episode opens with a, a recap of what happened to Hopper at the end of season three, or at least what we saw, what Joyce saw. And then it carries on with a little extra footage. We see uh, Hopper, in fact, surviving the explosion and jumping down into some sort of you know, lower area. Yeah, that was a little bit of a bummer. There were all these uh, fan theories of like, oh, he jumped into the I had always thought and, he'd gotten the gate. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, no, he just got got out of the way. Yeah, he's just down there <laughs> unconscious. But I don't yeah. know. It's just it's a less it's more hand wavy than I was hoping. It's sure. interesting because in a way it kind of makes sense in retrospect that they did did it this way, because I agree. It's a little bit like, oh, I, I thought he was going to make it into that portal. But but you kind of wonder like well how did he get to russia if the portal leads to the upside down and i thought if they didn't want to make, an, i thought there's also a portal there's another portal they've been russia. working on you know right but you know looking back on it the whole point of that portal in hawkins is because they couldn't open sure. up the portal in russia so sure. there wouldn't be one based off what they've already written and that's one of those things where like you don't really think about that until you see it on screen You're like oh okay mm-hmm. yeah i guess that wouldn't make sense that he would make it into the upside down <laughs> it's still a little bit of a a deflating like oh yeah, that's it. Oh, he 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 was just uh, down a ladder, and they and Joyce was like, "He's gone. Hop's got, gotta leave him." In a show based so heavily on science, it would have been hard for me to swallow that the Russians opened a gate too. You're right. Plus, also, <laughs> also, like, wasn't the base like actively being attacked? Yeah, by but the, the timeline of the original, it's like, how did he have time to be unconscious, climb up? The Russians like calmly arrest him, which we'll, we'll get to later, or I guess we can just talk about it now because he stands up, and then we got like a uh, what I call him. <laughs> Babyface McRussian <laughs> just standing there like, oh, we got you now. Where do you think you're going? Yeah, you're not going anywhere. That's where, unless you're thinking Russian prison, that's where you're going. I don't know why Noho Hank is arresting him. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to a Russian prison. Submarine sandwich. <laughs> Some call it a gulag. <laughs> uh, but so, whatever though, that's fine. Because they couldn't find any Russians when they were, you know, prowling the base with Paul Reiser later on. Um, so I'd always wondered what they were going to do. And that's what they did. He just he's kind of like, oh, yeah. And it, from Joyce's perspective, he's standing there until the second of the explosion. And he seems to be vaporized. Right. Yeah. So and we see this. And other he cut to Hopper vaporized. and he's just like. <laughs> 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 it's just a little. That, that was the breathing was Chris mimicking running. Was, <laughs> yeah. I forgot this is an audio format. You got to be careful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not how much. That's not how much I love. Vigorously masturbating. <laughs> Whoa. You are way off base. Oh, what are you doing? Hop. Um, anyway, so after that extra footage, it cuts to, to Max. She wakes, takes some more Tylenol. She's got those frequent headaches. She really needs to go see somebody about that. It could be allergies. I'm not sure. Uh, cops, uh, the cops arrive for the Chrissy Eddie situation from Max's point of view. Uh, we get to see Max's mom again. I wasn't able to take note if that was the same actor uh, who played her mother in season three or was it might have been season two where we, where we saw her season two. I think it's season two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I she did, appeared so briefly in two. Like, sure. I, really can't I just remember. I like that kind of detail, you yeah. know, like, hey, we got to call uh, Susie back, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, we got another jab for you. See, we pay you a thousand dollars, but you got to look a little rougher. See, you've been drinking. I don't know why they talk like that. 1920s gangsters. Just, that's how the like, duffers yeah. talk. That's how that's all who run Hollywood now. Yeah. <laughs> you want a next Netflix contract? See, <laughs> things, are about, things are about to get stranger. Um, and then uh, we get the the goober cops. I forget what we used to call them. Sociopaths? The sociopath cops, yeah. <laughs> 
apparently one of them is the chief. Apparently, Powell. apparently one of pa- the chief now is it Powell? Powell is the chief of police. Mm-hmm. He was he was definitely the more reasonable of the two cops. He yeah, was, he was more lazy than sociopathic. The other one's it's a complete the other dude who's a total fucking crazy pants man. And he, he, <laughs> Keeps that going in this episode uh, later in the interrogation He's scene. He's still a crazy pants It's man. like, what are you doing, man? Back off a little bit, bud. Like, like, as soon as they showed up and Powell's in the new, he's in his, like, tan officer digs. And uh, one of us was like, oh, shit, he's the new chief of police. Chris just goes, God help that town. Yeah, right? I mean. <laughs> if those two are the ones running the show, holy shit. It was bad enough with a, you know, Xanax and alcohol, liquor, <laughs> besotten hopper. But this guy, I mean, they couldn't find anybody else. Maybe pull from another town. Um, but Max sees the body of Chrissy Cunningham through the open door of the trailer. It's not looking good. I mean, she's not a doctor, but she's like, oh, shit. That's she not was good. seemingly discovered by Eddie's uncle Wayne, who called the cops. And he's like, I don't know who she is. There's just just imagine you go home and you open your living room door and there's just this poor <laughs> Person. Mangled eyeless corpse, of young a child cheerleader. Just, yeah, yeah, like how, how fucked up would that be? That's a bad day. I, I'll grant you that. And yeah. he's just this like super chill hillbilly guy. He's like, you know, there's another get dead girl in my trailer. He's like a South Park character <laughs> when they mimic shows like this. Oh, there's a lot of weird stuff going on around here. You don't want to go down that that road. <laughs> you don't want to go down that road. Some people say. That sounds haunted. Uh, and then it cuts to uh, the so, Indian who's the burial ground to the ground went sour. I thought it was interesting. The chief, uh, Chief Powell, dead is better. <laughs> chief, chief, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> chief Powell calls it in and the Hawkins lab still be spying. Yeah. Um, they just which, sit around all day. Just like they're, they're basically right. That's where our like, tax the, dollars like, go. The Siri of Hawkins. Yeah. What the hell? Uh, so they're listening on this and they're like, oh, sounds like there's more uh, trouble afoot gang because they're like Scooby Doo. Who is Powell calling? Is he calling the coroner? Is that I, on the phone I thought he, maybe he was even calling the government because in one scene later, there's like government officials examining the body. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Some general guy comes down. Yeah. So, so he, okay. I mean, he's obviously he knows he's out of his element. You know, Hop would have started investigating on his own right away. Mm-hmm. But he, he knows he's out of his element. Right. I don't even know where to start. She's missing eyeballs. Right. That which is fair. Uh, and then we cut to uh, Mike and all them landing in the airport uh, to visit the gang in California. And Mike's immediately pretty weird. Yeah, he runs with up with his L and then like he gives him the weirdest half hug arm. Thing. Yeah, he's like, well, he's getting too old for that shit. Right. Like, what are you doing? That's gay. <laughs> that, I, I, that's the vibe I got. Yeah, and I hated yeah. it very much. Yeah, it's th- like you I, haven't seen your friend in a year. Hug him. What's yeah. going on right now? This may have and I'm been back to most, hating Mike. This may have been the most soul crushing thing that's happened on the show thus far. Because yeah. the moment, because you see Will so excited to see his yeah. buddy, and he runs up to him, and Mike's like, "Oh, what's up?" Like, "Oh, fuck, dude, really? I hate you, Mike. I, you I, are the worst. Why are you wearing that hat? <laughs> you were fine in the first episode. Just keep going with that energy. Just you know, let's bring it home. He he didn't do it. He was man. gonna be a good person." And uh, now I'm back to not liking Mike. So there you go. I knew it wasn't going to last. You guys gave me shit last time. And last night you were like, oh, Mike's pretty cool. He's being all right. Hey, he was cool in that episode. His streak is up to one. Yeah. He's, he's got a one cool episode streak going. In the last he three years. It? So we, we got to switch the number back to zero. Like day, <laughs> yeah, days since Mike was a fuck. <laughs> days since Mike's been a miserable fuck. Went uh, back to zero. Sorry about your luck, my friend. Argyle's pretty funny, though. He's just standing there. I don't know why he's even there. He's just always hanging out with Jonathan, I guess. <laughs> he's the ride. Tells Mike. Oh, yeah, that's right. He tells Mike that his hat's fake. 
Yeah, that's a cool hat, man. Eh, that's not real. That's all right. We'll get you another one. Uh, and then he's like, it's really awkward. I don't know what we're doing. And then Mike agrees. They all spread out. Uh, and then you cut to, you see Murray. He's landing in California. He's at the LAX. I assume that's LAX, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting in a taxi or something like that. He's going to go to 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 Joyce's house. He's here to help out with the mysterious Russian doll that Joyce received in the mail. Uh, and then we cut. And there's a lot of cuts in this episode. It's real quick, really trying to push everybody's story along. And that's kind of why nothing stood out. Cut real quick to Robin venting to Steve. She's still struggling with her love life. She mentions, hey, if we were one person, we'd, per- we'd be perfect. If she had his bravery, meaning Steve, and Steve had her uh, discerning nature, she, knowledge of what Steve, she wants. Yeah, Steve doesn't know what he wants in a relationship, but she knows exactly what she wants. But she doesn't have the courage to get it. Yeah. See? 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 You got to go to California, see? Got to put yourself out there, doll. <laughs> and then we cut to Benny's Burgers, which is now in like an F shack. <laughs> that truly is the F shack. That, that was such a high and low moment because you see the exterior and Benny's Burgers. Like, oh, Benny's Burgers. Oh, his business is still and thriving. You, and oh, no, shit. And then you see the graffiti not. and the cardboard, not Ooh. cardboard, uh, plywood, all that stuff. The local kids of Hawkins have turned it into just a like a like an awful frat house yeah. or like drug den or something. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we found out Chad's name is Jason. Yes. Okay. And uh, Dorky ball captain, Dorky McDork, Dorkelson, whatever I called him. <laughs> his name's Fred. Dorky McDork face. Yeah. turns out his name doesn't matter, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we found out his name's Fred. Uh, but Lucas is vomiting. He's hung over. Uh, Chad, who we found out is Jason uh, is running around like, Hey man, you'll be all right. Don't be such a bitch. And then uh, they're the new, they're all watching the, the news. And there was a really cool scene. Steve alluded to it, like the the town reckoning with its own frequent disasters. There's like a uh, a news sequence where they're obviously reporting the fact that Chrissy Cunningham died or was murdered. Um, and then they they interview a, a lady from the town. She's real religious. And she's saying, ever since that girl died a few years ago, shit's been going crazy. And Nancy's meaning watching. Barb, yeah. Yeah. Me, meaning Barb. And it really hits Nancy and sparks that that inner uh, you know, reporter in her, right? Because uh, now we're talking about Barb again, and she's all about hashtag justice for Barb. I think I'm convinced that Nancy from the past started that hashtag. Um, so then- Is this where that really slick transition happens? Uh, yes, and then it cuts to the upside down shot is what I wrote. So it goes from Nancy, it's, a, it's like a dolly in on Nancy watching the news, and then like goes up her hairline or something, and then all of a sudden it transitions into an upside down- overhead drone shot of the trailer park yeah then the camera sweeps to the ground and then pans back up to you know right, uh, the right the side trailer, up the right side up yeah, yeah. but it, it was a really slick slick move yeah. camera move and transition slick move camera guy yeah very that was a very good shot and obviously the upside down nature of the shot is referring to the upside down and uh there's tomfoolery afoot uh, and then it cuts to Max goes to Dustin. So she's finally back in the crew. That felt good. That was great. She goes to Dustin because she had some lights flickering, you know, in her trailer right before. That was a relief for her to like reach out to somebody from the crew. Instead you know of I mean? dealing with that. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that drives me nuts when it's like, um, I watch a show that I can't help but love because it's got Kaylee Cuoco in it and I have a crush on her. She's a phenomenal actor. Um, but she does a lot of that shit in the flight attendant where she, you know, her best friend is in the CIA and she's kind of a member of it. She knows all these really powerful, helpful people and she'll like get in a bind and they'll be like, just call me, just text me. I'll come. I have the whole power of the U S government, even though you're just a flight attendant, I'll come save you. And she'll be like, ah, 
I'm just going to go in this room and try to solve the clue, you know? And it's like, why? I, I don't want to bother them. Yeah, I don't want to bother them. I mean, they're probably busy. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. We need to fill like 10 episodes in this season. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I and mean, if we solve it right away, that's it's too easy. That was a huge relief. She tells him about Eddie. And he's like, why don't you just call the cops? And she's like, well, I think it's upside downy shit. And he's like, upside downy shit for real. And then so they talk <laughs> about that for a minute. I do like how Dustin says, you know, it can't be Eddie because he was literally the only person who was apparently Dustin and Mike had a really hard time adjusting to high school. Mm -hmm. And Eddie was the one that kind of helped them through that. So that was some really good backstory building uh, with these new characters. Sure. But then also, I like it's how, almost like if Eleven had been honest with Mike, he would have been able to relate to her and his experiences. And yeah, there's a phrase that we use on the show. What's it called? Called. um oh yeah friends don't lie <laughs> yeah but uh yeah. but i did like how friends Max, don't lie Max was like oh eddie was nice to you so he couldn't be a murderer what about ted bundy like that would be a hot 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 uh button issue around this yeah time, that was you know? what 10 years later yeah i think so yeah and he was a famously charismatic person um and then we cut to dustin's poor mom i just went i wrote that down because She's just like, what the fuck? She's holding twos. Her other cat got ate by a demo dog. Poor, poor Muse. And and Dustin doesn't <laughs> and give her any like, like peace of mind. He's always just like, bye, you know, and he's clearly up to no good. She knows it. My favorite part of season two probably is that scene where he's laughing maniacally because he can tell he's not actually convincing the mom and the mom's like, I don't actually want to know. <laughs> and then there's like, this. it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, like that's their relationship. So I just thought, well, poor Dustin's mom. I still think it's the funniest thing that they had a cat named Muse and they replace it with a cat named Twos. Oh, for it's sure. So fucking funny. I have funny. a feeling we're going to see threes here soon. I don't threes. know. <laughs> I don't know. It's not boding well for the people of Hawkins or the animals. That poor dog in the trailer park better make it. That's all I know. He's the only one that knows what's going on I around know, there. That, uh, that adorable little dog that's an outdoor only dog. What the shit? That's like a little fucking Yorkie thing. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, that dog has seen some shit. Yeah. He's, that's dog. He's going to have like a bandana tied to his head. Thousand yards. A cigar. This is Hawkins, Indiana. A little hawk could take that, that dog away. That's true. That's why they named it Hawkins, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a fear I have because I have small dogs. And that is a fear that you have to have is like you have to watch out for hawks to come swoop down and take your small dog. <laughs> If you have, I don't know what's happening. Please, there's a bird taking me away. If you have two dud wiener dogs, that would be a fear. I feel like. <laughs> to be fair, if a, if a if a if a hawk actually managed to fly away with Pippin, it earned it. He's a little chunker. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> We're laughing. None of the listeners have seen your dogs. It's not funny. They also don't know that you give your dog that British voice. I'm uh, Pippin the dog. <laughs> I'm a fool of a dog. I'm just a little British boy. I'm not Tom Holland. I'm a dog. Daddy, I went wee in me britches. <laughs> so then we cut back to Joyce. She's look, She's reading the, well, Murray's looking at the note, like the little Riddler magazine letter note. That's really weird um, that he went through all that trouble. And the note is from Enzo. Enzo is, of course, a reference to the restaurant that uh, Joyce and Hopper were supposed to go to at the end of season three before all of the uh, uh, incidents. And then uh, Murray goes into this pretty hilarious practical paranoia rant that he's pretty famous for about it's how the KGB it's probably the KGB if Hopper's alive, which is definitely not. But if he was. It's even worse because now they're going to find us. And, you know, they're um, trying to kidnap you and kill you, Joyce. Why? Why would they want Joyce Byers? Right. Dude, 
Do you need to ask that question? Yeah. Joyce Batten Byers, she saw they want the, the magnets. They want a set of encyclopedias. They don't want to have to pay so they can learn all about America. Hey, whoa, is this Joyce Byers? <laughs> I would like to buy book. I would like to buy book from letter A to Z. <laughs> we need letter R. <laughs> Almost full collection. <laughs> we lost book. <laughs> In Russia, we don't have complete set. <laughs> we look for it from you, Joyce Byers. They won't yes. let us have R because it has Russia in it. Or M. We are still Soviet Union yet. <laughs> M for motherland. <laughs> Dial M for motherland. <laughs> Anywho, so uh, then we cut back to Hopper. We get some more footage. That's where we saw that he jumped in the little cubby hole and just took a nap and then got captured by Babyface Mint Russian, which is his name, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and he gets like gas mask waterboarded but with air they're like get the elephant get the I, elephant. I was waiting for a dude to show up and be yeah. like i am the elephant hello i am elephant <laughs> it was so funny because he, he's like get the elephant and they put the gas mask on hop and they're like plugging up the air hole so he can't breathe and then as the scene ends and he goes oh that's the elephant <laughs> get it the hose is <laughs> like, like the a hose trunk. Is the trunk <laughs> and while well, that was kind of that was yeah. kind of brutal to watch but it was also kind of silly because there's so many other ways to like smother a man I feel like I'm not like uh, an accomplished smotherer, but, but I also liked it. Like the imagery yeah, was cool. You're not actually choking Hopper. You're just closing a hose, closing the hose. Yeah. It, you, you feel detached, but you're the palm strength him. for one, for a second, I was with Andy. I thought the guy squeezing the hose was the elephant. Cause I'm like, Oh, he's, he's known for his Kung Fu grip. They call that, me the elephant. <laughs> like, like elephants. Yes. I grip things very strong and never forget. <laughs> yeah. It's a fearsome, fearsome name in the Soviet Union. Ask me anything. I will remember. <laughs> I've read 26 of 27 letters of alphabet. There's many once more letters get, in Russia. Once I get that R encyclopedia, my knowledge will be infinite. There's only 26 <laughs> letters. I, <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> I need to read more encyclopedias myself. Uh, so we cut back to Eleven and Mike and Will. They're going on this little, you know, third wheel date. And they do some bitch and rollerblading, according to Jane. And uh, Will confronts Elle. Hey, why are you lying to Mike? Because she told Mike that, that was she more was. more of a, you mentioned yesterday, like, why is this going to be a thing? And yeah. Like, she's trying not to worry him. Now it's a big thing. It's now, worse than we thought. It's worse than we thought. Because not only is she saying, I'm, I have friends. And but I'm my friend in, is Angela. My friend is literally the worst person in school. Yeah. And I have a lot to talk to you guys about and what your thoughts are about where this plot's going. Because I had some concerns. Not like that it's bad, but that I won't. That it's good writing, but I still won't like it. Like, that's going to be uncomfy. But that's that's coming up very soon. Uh, we cut back to Numb Nuts interrogating Jason, uh, the two cops, one of which is now the chief, Chief Powell. Uh, and again, we get psychopath cop, sociopath cop. I mean, he's just, his interrogation style is, is bonkers. Um, I guess we can assume he thinks that Jason killed her somehow even though You're it's the boy sort of physically impossible but it is yeah the number one usually is the boyfriend um so they're grilling him like hey where were you i know she wasn't here that's kind of weird because she's your girlfriend you know mm -hmm. anyway it unravels quickly because they're very bad at their jobs and it turns into jason interrogating them about what happened and they apparently spilled the beans <laughs> immediately because he gets really upset yeah. i actually kind of i actually like the scene i thought the actor that played jason did a really really good oh, job he did, of for being sure. like Wait, is this about Chrissy? Is she the one that's dead? You can see him kind of put that together. And then you can also see uh, Powell. 
he kind of realizes like, ah, fuck this kid actually doesn't know what's going on. And I sure spilled the beans. Now I'm sad. And now I'm sad. And yeah. And the Callahan guy is like, I'm going to torture a rabbit later. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, that was a really good scene. I agree with you. And uh, Jason ends up running off into the woods because he doesn't want to cry in front of his bros. Don't, don't cry in front of the boys. Falls to his knees and does the, oh my God, no. Which, in this moment, it was warranted. Um, I assume he's just going to go win a game and get over it. That's kind of what he does. I'm going to win the next championship game for you, Chrissy. <laughs> for you, Chrissy. You didn't die for nothing. I'm going to get six balls in the hoop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cut back to... Uh, Awesome. Here we go. Here we go, guys. My All my favorite characters, Dustin, Max, Robin, and Steve, all together at Family Video, Hell trying yeah. to hunt down, uh, Reef, was it Reefer Rick? We don't find that out well, they're later. trying to find Eddie, but uh, they decide, oh, we can go through... They, they try to find a contact list of like everyone who's friends with Eddie so they can call them using the three phones and family video and kind of see if any of his friends know who he is. And all of them seem to bring up Reefer Rick. And so their new it's lead a constant is, thread, right? Is Reefer, a Mr. Reefer Rick. And I knew I did know I picked up on something I probably should have noticed uh, last episode. Did you there's a moment Steve's jealous of Eddie. Because he misses yeah, Dustin. He's like, you're, like your new best friend. Oh, your new best friend because he plays your dumb game. And then Dustin's kind of like, what? You know, and I picked up on like, oh, Steve's misses his little buddy, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's a cute, even if they don't explore that any further, that was a nice little touch. Um, and then we cut to Nancy and Fred. So Fred's like the little high school editor. Again, I'm still confused. You guys have convinced me that Nancy's still her sen- a senior in high school. Um, but she was like working an adult job yeah, with Jonathan. What, I at was the thinking about that this morning. I don't three. understand that either. Maybe it was the summer. It was like a summer job. Is this job definitely for her? the school yeah. magazine that she's working? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they were talking about the school basketball team and stuff like that. I mean, a local paper would still cover. And like Fred's like definitely in high school. Yeah. As he looks the, like he's 12. So the yeah, local I'm confused pa- by the local child. paper is the Hawkins post. And she's like, we're much smaller than the Hawkins post, but doesn't want to say it's the high school paper. Yeah. Okay. So she's definitely. And smaller. also they're in the high school and Mike bursts in on them in the first episode. I guess the last season was set during the summer anyway. I was saying maybe yeah. it was a summer job for yeah. her. I, 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 I don't know. Cause she um, was just an intern, right? Yeah. But my, Jonathan was like the photographer. Well, yeah, because he's graduated at that point. Wait, is he? Oh, no, he's not. He's Shit. still trying to get in college right now, you too. You could be a photographer still and then work a summer job. I mean, it's the 80s. They could be like, you can run a company during the summer. Why not? In, yeah, yeah, intern photographer. <laughs> um, so anyway, they're they're driving into the trailer park and they're not supposed to be allowed in. But, you know, Nancy's she's she's wily. She tries to convince the cop to let her go. And ultimately he does. Uh, but Fred starts to have a hallucination similar to what Chrissy was experiencing last episode. And we're like, oh, it's probably not good. Mm-hmm. And it turns into this like and it's, I'm spoiling an ego because I don't think it's real. But what I got uh, was like a Candyman vibe. Um just because the the deep voice is obviously an allusion to Freddy Krueger and that, those kinds of things, but it also it's just very reminiscent with the kind of face, um, you know, face manipulations and stuff that the guy had going on in that moment. I just I got that vibe a little bit because um, he also does some like dream like hallucinogenic stuff, like weird shit in the mm-hmm. middle of in the middle of your day. Um, but apparently, okay. uh, the Vecna preys on your own memories and fears and worst thoughts right so with with chrissy it was her relationship with her mother and her bulimia or eating disorder things like that but with fred apparently he was like the cause of a car accident 
Yeah, um, I think that weighs on his conscience. Die. Sure, he did some sort of hit and run situation. Either that, or even just was driving, and it was he was ruled it was ruled out as a accident. But he still feels guilty. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And the, but the, there was a line where he's like, "And you just left." So I, oh, I yeah. think it implied that he caused the wreck. That other person died and got the worst end of it, and he didn't know what to do, so he left. He and, just drove away, and no one knows that that was him. And that sure, guy. can that is that child old enough to drive though? I would assume he's in high school, like yeah. I, if man, I don't know, junior or something should, like that. Maybe it's just the actor they cast. He looks incredibly young. He does. He does. He looks at the same time. He looks. 16 but also 36 at the same time yeah, somehow he's I one agree. of those he's got that look i agree uh we cut back to jonathan and argyle they're golfing sort of they're hitting golf balls into like a junkyard that looks um, like so much fun i just gotta say i wish there was like a junkyard around argyle was having a blast oh yeah literally he kept pumping his uh golf club shotgun and, and then shooting farts yeah he did that twice which i thought the second time was actually funnier because it was just like oh he does that every time he did it again <laughs> I really love Argyle a lot because out of all the actors, he seems like the most like, oh, I, I've met that dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy exists. Yeah. And he's awesome. <laughs> like there's that part where he's like, God, man, you got me freaking out about it. Now she's not even my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm like, stressed. <laughs> yeah. So far, all of his line delivery has felt more natural than anything else out of the show. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty, pretty incredibly well done. He, I've, just, I've almost, seen him in a couple things and he's always that character. So that might be it too. You know? Oh, okay. Sure. He so almost, he's playing himself. He almost seems to exist in a completely different movie, not in a bad way, because like you said, he just comes across as so. Oh, it's a totally new element. More the natural. Show. And but like you look at anything else in the show and like oh, our guy is completely different. Yeah. All of a sudden we've got like this dazed of confused, you know, dazed and confused vibes, you know, which um, is new. But we're they're getting older and it's in California now. So it kind of make, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but Jonathan's ranting to Argyle about how, you know, he was really upset that Nancy wasn't on the plane. He thought she would surprise him. But actually, he's relieved because he's been lying to Nancy the whole time. Apparently, friends and boyfriends do lie in this new universe, which I'm, I'm not a fan of. Well, well, Max always said that <laughs> boyfriends lie all the time. Oh, that's true. Max did drop that hot piece on us. Yeah, Max is wise. She is. We thought Will was the wise, but it's Max. So, yeah. And, and Argyle's like, oh, why are you lying, man? Don't do that. You know, which is really funny. Uh, but apparently Jonathan's not planning on going to Emerson College or even trying to get in. That's why the acceptance letter hasn't arrived. He's already been accepted to a local community college because he's codependent on Joyce and Will uh, and uh, apparently doesn't want. He's going to stay in California. He right. Doesn't want to. He says he doesn't want to. Well, leave because then, he says I'm not going to leave my my mom, and my brother for a dream that's not mine. Right. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even want he, he, even if he trusted his mother and his brother to be fine. That's not even what he wants out of life. So he plans on slowly breaking up with Nancy, as Argyle puts it, and uh, lying about it the whole time. And and Argyle's like, that's not what you should do, man. What you should do is get high. Uh, there's some purple palm tree delight in the back of the van. That sounds lovely. I need you to smoke that right now. <laughs> and Jonathan's he, like, he, like, agreed. Runs yeah. to the Agreed. Van. Yes, sir. Doctor prescribed some weed, and I'm on my way to get it. Um, cut back to the uh, bitchin' rollerblading incident, and uh, they're bullying Jane to to the tune of wipeout. Um, and again, another little ego thing that may or not may or may not be real, but I'm getting really strong carry vibes. Um, and I want to plant a flag here cause that's what I was, I'm concerned about. So ultimately Angela comes in, she bursts into, you know, the third wheel date with Mike and will, 
picks up 11. They embarrass her in the center of the skating rink uh, and throw a milkshake on her, record it just like a quadruple whammy of awfulness Mm -hmm. uh, because she's a quote unquote snitch, even though she did it not. It was not in fact snitch too much. Wasn't it? Were you guys bothered by it? Like everybody's down to bully the one girl. They even got the DJ in on it. And well, the DJ is one of their friends. Was it? Yeah, that's not one of the he's I don't think that's like the the, the employed DJ. <laughs> oh, I think there was yeah. a severe lack of a, uh, supervision in this roller. <laughs> it's the 80s. There was no adult that was like, hey, I'm the owner of this operation. <laughs> I don't like it when kids touch my DJ equipment. Uh, well, again, you know, kids are very, very cruel. But again, this is also a a trope of older movies, right? You've got like Karate Kid. I picture the Cobra Kai kids, you know, they would literally they would humiliate, but also beat the shit out of people. Run you, you know? off the road. Yeah, run you. you off the road. Like, um, even like the Goonies, you know, the uh, Josh Brolin's bully. Remember, he grabs his bike and goes up to like 60 miles an hour and then lets go oh, off yeah. a hill. Shit like that. It was always in these movies. Like, oh, uh, he could have died. You know, yeah. what's going on yeah. right now? Um, but what I'm concerned about is I'll, I'll skip ahead. So we they cut, 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 cut like crazy because there's six groups of things going on right now. But when it cuts back. Eleven's hiding in the employee closet, crying, and she comes out and she she bashes Angela's face in with a skate because she doesn't have any powers, and she's like killed ninety seven people. So it's like you know what, enough's enough. Um, with that's fine. That was almost pretty satisfying. Well, she at least walk out and say, "Hey, apologize to me." At first, tried yeah. that right. There was that, but the way that they painted this. It's, it's horrifying looking. She's sitting there. They really linger on how hurt Angela is. She's got a shattered nose. She's screaming. Mike is being a little fucking douchebag, right? What did, what you, did do? you do? Even though I, I wasn't helpful at all in any of the other scenarios. And now I'm aghast that you stood up for yourself. And violence is not the answer. She shouldn't have Will Smith, Angela, per se. But it was satisfying to me. Yeah, However, same. I, was like that. I, I literally went, yes, when it happened. The way that they're framing it, like the music and the reaction of everyone else. I feel like I got a different vibe from the cold open of the season now. Instead of like recontextualizing um, Dr. Brenner and all of that stuff, it's like making me think that they're going to this dark side that Eleven has, like this rage that is within her. And it's going to be an issue later. And I'm thinking to myself, are they about to fucking Daenerys Targaryen Eleven? Yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be upset. What, I mean, what do you guys think? I, I, I had the same thought, the exact same thought process. I even also thought Daenerys Targaryen. And you guys already know my wild theories from season four predictions. So uh, that only lends to those theories. Does it? A little bit. Yeah. Like what she's capable of and what she could be in a different universe. Um, but I uh, would hate it so much. If it was everybody against our 11, that would that would be awful. And I don't want to see that be a thing. I'm hoping that it's just some dramatic tension for this season. And it's she's a little bit of a loose cannon and we'll we can get past it, move on. Well, that's also like the carry. When I said earlier, obviously, that doesn't end well for Carrie's character, like getting bullied and having that rage and stuff. So, yeah, I think they're definitely kind of. They're definitely going to lean into the the idea that Eleven could have this dark side. She definitely has the capability of hurting people. We've clearly seen that. Um, I think they're going to eventually tie it into Vecna using people's past traumas and guilt over things. And when those two characters come to a head, I think that's going to be Ooh, the, 
the the big um, conflicting point which of two view. characters Vecna and Eleven when they Who come uses together people's past trauma again oh and he's going to use like the 11. guilt of rage that like she she's got so much rage and guilt over all these things that that he that seems like she he he would love to have a crack at her because he feels like that's you killed a lot like he's just like oh god like, <laughs> you've done a lot of shit oh fuck I need to sit down it's oh. fucking Christmas oh, oh my god this is brutal okay are well, you okay uh, I, uh, <laughs> all she did was throw a milkshake Jesus that's a, that's, that's a little too hardcore you beat her ass with a skate <laughs> you like made the kid skate. you made the kid pee his pants <laughs> in Jesus. front of everyone I just took out nerd McDorkface who killed somebody <laughs> <the> fuck <laughs> That girl was just being a bitch. So then we cut. Oh, go ahead. This is kind of in the same vein. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's terrible what they're doing to Eleven in terms of like, I just hate those characters. So when she did grab the roller skate, I was like, yeah, beat her ass. Do it. She, she needs to be knocked down a peg. I know that's like, you're not supposed to say that. Yeah, but we but were it, all thinking but it. it. But in the back of my head, I'm like, she, that girl needs, <laughs> she needs to be you know, knock down a pet. Cause that's not how you treat people, mm-hmm. especially people whose dad's dead. And they're like, clearly yeah, making again, fun they of go that. way too far. That's yeah. fucking they, they awful. They built her in such a villain caricature that we were cheering for her, Even as she's laying there screaming bloody with the shattered nose, I'm still like, got what you deserved instead of like yeah. having her be a multi-dimensional character with shades of gray, where it would have been like, you kind of need to come up and, and then, Oh, Holy fuck. That was too much. I didn't get that vibe. And that's what they wanted us to feel. I think. I really hope that we find out that 11 is the source behind the famous line. Talk shit, get hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's true. <laughs> talk shit, get hit. Friends don't lie. <laughs> and then uh, the other heartbreaking thing was will finally kind of confronts Mike and he's like, 11 has been lying to you. And he's like, why have you been such a little bitch? Will sulking all the time. And Will's like, because you guys, you don't care. And no one likes me. And Mike's like, well, why didn't you reach out? I don't care. And it's like, dude, like, yeah, sure, maybe Will should reach out, but also, like, why are you being such a chode to poor Will? I mean, they're really stressing a truism that I've experienced in life, that you just grow apart, right? And they, mm-hmm. they talked about how this was going to be a theme of this season, and that's true. Um, but, yeah, it, it sucks to watch to somebody who's been through as much as Will has, and somebody with already such a poor track record, you know, and Mike being the voice of that is just frustrating you know yeah will, um, will came up to him like well articulate and calm and like hey here's the here are the things that are going on this is why this day has been awful and we should do something about this he's just like oh, I, I, I don't know what to say and then leave <laughs> yeah <It's> like <laughs> feelings I, I think that that painting that the, all the painting that we've been seeing will doing is something that he made it's for gonna, Mike. It's 100%, yeah, 100%. it's gonna be like the whole gang and like it's gonna be a really well painted like will the wise is the mage and all that stuff it's gonna be green fire really sad when we see it yeah it's gonna be a sad like thrown on a in a puddle or mm-hmm. something right a trope if you will uh and i'll cry it'll work it on me yeah. We cut to to Murray. He's got a plan. We're going to call the number on this ransom note, but we're going to do it my way. And Murray's got like the 1986 version of a VPN hooked up somehow. Again, <laughs> how are they doing this? Uh, but he he's, brought a suitcase, Chris. <laughs> All that shit fit into that suitcase. He's like, uh, you know, transferring the call to make it look like it's coming from North Carolina. And uh, we talked to Enzo, which is just uh, we find out as a Russian prison guard. And he's calling Hagar, call himself NZ. He wants to meet in Alaska at the The Yuri Fish and Fry. And he wants $40,000, which seems like a lot of a lot of money in the late 80s. I mean, it's a lot of money now. Shit ton. Uh, that's I'm going to need about 200 grand hops told him that may or may not be true. I guess it's true that he put aside money for 11 and a trust. 
And even on his meager cop salary, he's amassed 40000 in there already, I guess. Yeah, when Joyce was like, I'm going to the bank and pull out $40,000. Yeah, not only does he like, have that uh, money, uh, he gave me access to it, even though we didn't even go to dinner yet. <laughs> 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 Whatever. It's fine. Uh, and so, yeah. Do you we, think, uh, d- did you read it that, that she was accessing the hot money? I thought it was just Joyce like, I have this money. Where the fuck would she have gotten She that? worked at a convenience store. I know. That's why I, I, she couldn't afford fucking But how does Christmas she have lights? access to Hop's money? Yeah, that, it doesn't make sense. It's well, just she, as believable as the fact that she would have it. Hey, maybe Lonnie's sending her some. Oh, yeah. Lonnie's paying a lot support. of child <laughs> Sending her a lot of child support. <laughs> I guess is like the care. She's the caretaker of Eleven or Jane. Maybe from or selling the, the house. Or, Selling the house, yes. Maybe she gets some sort of stipend from the government for being like, sorry, we could kind of get your kid adopted. That was, that was our yeah, some hush-hush money. That's true. There you go. Well, let's give them the benefit. I want hush-hush money. Of, of the Disnount. Uh, and there's Secrets. a bunch of cutting back and forth with Hopper. We can gloss over all that. They de-louse him. He gets his head shaved. It's kind of like V for Vendetta-esque, right? Uh, he gets he gets sent to Kamchatka after being tortured because he doesn't talk because he's a strong, strong American. This man does not deserve Holy the comforts shit. of death, so I have sent him to hell. I respect you, but... Uh, that's a terrible voice. Kombucha. It's, it's, no, not kombucha. <laughs> I'm going to send you to kombucha. It's delicious drink. <laughs> it's got little balls in it. It sounds great when you get there, but if you're there all the time, it's like, oh my God, I did too much kombucha. <laughs> and then uh, we cut back to Jason, who is an orator, but so was Hitler, right? So he, <laughs> he riles up the whole basketball gang into going out and hunting for Eddie, uh, the freak who plays D&D, and Lucas lies about his his true nature, right? He's the opposite of self-actualizing. You know, he's like, oh, it's just D&D, guys. Hellfire Club's not that bad. How do you know about D&D? Oh, uh, my sister plays it, you know? Yeah. Which is not true, obviously. He I like it. how they're tying in the satanic panic of the 80s into this whole thing. Yeah. People, like, not understanding that D&D And that was a real a thing. Game. Yeah, well, absolutely. I was born in the late 80s, and uh, in the early 2000s, I was... Uh, but despite what you'll hear on the trivia episode, I was a musician and I was obsessed with music. Uh, and my dad came in one day and he's like, there's only one band you're not allowed to listen to, son. I'll never tell you what to do. I'm not that kind of dad. You're not allowed to listen to Judas Priest. And my parents weren't even religious. They just like tried really hard to be at times. Uh, and Judas Priest, if you don't know that he dresses silly and like assless chaps and stuff and talks about religious things and satanic iconography, but it's the least like harmful me. It's like, Oh yeah. Judas Priest is, it's not, not even heavy, you yeah, know, it's tame as fuck. Yeah. So I just find that funny in retrospect, but I, I bring that up to say that my dad lived through this period and it was like a, a super real thing, you know, um, sort of like how the, you know, to kind of relate it to things today, the uh, LGBTQ, um, grooming panic that's happening in america right now is very much in the similar vein of uh the satanic panic where it's like just people fucking losing their minds over dumb shit and it's not none of it's like fucking real really you know right. what i mean yeah 100 percent. And, and you know the after mccarthyism and the red scare that was going on again in the 80s yeah um, all that stuff um we so the main crew is looking for reefer rick uh, main crew, I mean, Dustin, Robin, Max, and the gang. It's like um, the super group, all, all the characters you care about. It's very Scooby-Doo-esque, the little, like, Steve and the gang crew that's going on right now. And I, I love it. Big Scooby-Doo fan. The Scoops troop? Yeah. You know, you got, like, a there's a, there, I think there's exact amount of number, members. Dustin's obviously Shaggy. <laughs> Steve would be the, the guy with the ascot. Uh, Hank? I don't think it's Hank. I don't think it's Hank. Oh, no, Hank's the... 
I don't think it's even close to Hank, my H- guy. Hank's the one that looks like him in Venture Brothers. Sorry. And like Max's Velma and what? Fred, Freddie, Fred, Fred. Yeah. Hank. <laughs> uh, I would say Robin is Daphne. Who's Scooby? Eddie, he pops up. <laughs> yeah, that's weird that Eddie did pop up and go, ruh um, <laughs> That laugh. Uh, and so Robin has the save. She found, uh, they, there's this really cool sequence where she looks through every known Rick and Hawkins that has a family video accounts rental history and finds all the stoner movies. Um, and there's a bunch of Cheech and Chong movies in there. That's how they find Reefer Rick. And it's... Uh, He's over at 2121 Holland Road, which is out in the middle of nowhere. So they go drive out there. And it's right, right down the road from Steve's house. And of it's course, Lover's Lake. Eddie is there uh, and uh, they they sit down and he's like, you're never going to believe me. What's actually going on? And Max says, try me, which we all kind of smile. Like She definitely will believe you. And it's reminiscent of when uh, Lucas sat Max down to tell her about seasons one and two. And now Max gets to be that person. It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Eddie uh, confesses what really happened. And they're like, oh, fuck. They're believing every word of it, unfortunately. And there's a cool moment where they're like, is there any like dust particles, or, like dark dust, you know, because <laughs> there's that weird, you know, upside down dandruff. He's like, no, nah, man, the there's floaters. no dust, man. No, yeah. no floaters. No floaters. No floaties, man. No. Uh, but I'll, I'll get to the end here in a second. I want to circle back. There's a really important scene um, with Nancy when she's talking to Uncle Munson. And uh, Steve, do you want to talk about that? I've been talking for a while. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, she she sees uh, Wayne Munson kind of smoking. She's trying to find a lead in the trailer park. Uh, no one's really talking to her. They don't trust the press. But she goes up to him and she she kind of starts prodding him for information about what happened. And he he's also initially kind of like, I really want to talk to you. You're the press. Uh, everyone's a gossip. Everyone's been saying shit about my 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 nephew Eddie. He's a good boy, and everyone already calls him a freak. And she kind of does the whole, hey, you know, my paper is really small, and we want to get. Your side of the story. You've been talking about Dick at the Hawkins Post. I know that dude. He was probably friends with Gary Busey, and I hated that guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think who survived working at the Hawkins Post in season three. None of them. I think it was Gary Busey's buddy that high-fived him. And like anytime Gary Busey made a joke, there was that more heavy set guy. who was like, yeah, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> that was Gary Busey's son. Was it? You're, oh, you're making a joke? Uh, now I'm lost. Did, now did I'm Gary lost. Busey's son also star in Stranger Things season three? Yes. He's did the guy with it. the shitty hair that ends up melting in the hospital. Oh, that's Gary's son. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's literally his son. The only reason I know that is because he's in Starship Troopers, which I okay. was obsessed with. Oh, right. you're right. Yeah. So, yes, he's you're right about I thought you were saying that that guy's son was also in it, and that was the weird guy that was high-fiving the actually Gary Busey's son. Yeah. yeah. So there, there was <laughs> this whole miscommunication here where we were calling Gary Busey's son Gary Busey. And yeah. then also referring to a fictional son that, yeah, is a whole thing. Sorry. We cleared that up. Yeah. I don't think we did at all. I think he made that so much worse. He just said Gary Busey like nine times. Gary Busey's son is in the show. You guys listen back. He was an actor. And, and, but, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. He's an actor. Chris, and he's in the show. Chris, this is why you do not let me run the recap. I'll never do that again. Why did you fucking do this? Why felt, would you do this to me? I felt guilty. I'll never do that again. <laughs> the reason I threw it to you is because you've been so excited about this Victor Creel character and where it would come into play. We, of course, yeah. know that it's going to be played uh, by um, Robert, Englund. Robert Englund, who is Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Right. So apparently, apparently, Victor Creel is a local legend, uh, a murderer who was arrested and sent to an insane asylum. He was wont to take people's eyeballs out. He did it to his own family, his own wife and kids. He was mm-hmm. straight up Freddy 
Krueger. It, it, it's they're describing Freddy Krueger, and they're, they're going to be like, yeah. And then they, the parents all chased him down into a warehouse, and they set the <laughs> warehouse on fire. And it, well, it's he's, crazy. He supposed loves to be striped shirts. He's supposed to be locked up in Penhurst Asylum. So I, I wrote that down because I've never heard that name before. But maybe he broke out. He could have. And I know they're always getting out of Arkham. I know that that place can't hold anybody. No, no. And so uh, they, any reference to the we got kind of an open door policy here, you know, mm-hmm. but this is where Nancy realized that Fred has gone missing. Uh, he yes. started uh, seeing and Fred's dick. Yeah. He started seeing the clock in the woods. He goes over there. There's a bunch of people who look like zombies who are kind of chasing him. He ends up finally going to a road. That was the funeral of the guy who died in the wreck. That's the impression. Yeah. I got. That yeah. Was all the attendees. The were clock was the ghost. coffin. Yep. That was cool. Uh, but yeah, he ends up on the road. He sees the fiery crash. The guy who died seemingly, pull, you know, dragged himself out of the fire. And he's like, help. And and then finally, uh, our, our boy Vecna shows up and he's like, uh, hey, man, join me. I want you to I got a really cool club. Uh, we're offering memberships. I'd really appreciate it if you joined my club. Mm-hmm. It's called the Cult of Vecna. Uh, don't <laughs> let that name scare you. It's pretty cool. We got nice benefits. You like dental? You got oh vision? We got it. I see your eyes, eyeglasses there. And now if you can you. get six more people to sign up. So. <laughs> it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> the pyramid scheme of Vecna. Multi level marketing. Hello, my name is Vecna. <laughs> uh, so I did want to touch on a question and, and see where your guys' head's at. What the fuck do you think is going on? Because that's the whole episode. We're done. Uh, but I'm really curious because I, I think it's funny because a lot of people listening to this right now have probably watched like the whole first part of season four or at least like four or five episodes. It's kind of fun to laugh at us. But what do you think is going on? I mean, what relation does Vecna have to the upside down? How is this happening? He seems to have much more power and influence over this world than any adversary previously. So, yeah, what do you guys think? What's your prediction? Uh, it's hard to say because he's saying, I want you to join me. And so he's obviously trying to build like an army thing, which is essentially what the mind flare already did in season three. But it's hard. It's, it feels, this feels like it's more strategy. We're not just trying to get bodies. Um, it, it, so far he seems to be focusing on the people that are close to the gang. And so it'll be interesting to see who else we uh, get to see uh, gets wrapped up into this. Um, Now, so far, we've only seen his influence happen in Hawkins, right? So it's it's not a California thing whatsoever, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. And I I think that it's being called uh, the the cult of Vecna. We've heard that phrase bandied about a couple of times, right? Mm-hmm. Only yeah, in relation to the D and D actual Vecna, right? Which mm-hmm. is how the show works. Is it's always some kind of analogy of uh, a D and D character. And from what we have so far, just from the trailers, uh, we know that Robert England's in there. And did did we see Robert England had some sort of creepy scar thing? And we already know that he it was uh, Wayne Munson has been saying that he was popping out eyeballs as well. So it seems to be that there that this Vecna is like almost like a manifestation of like a cultist uh, God figure. Yeah. Cause maybe we might get to reveal that um, during the opening of the gate or sometimes something to do with the stuff we already know, the upside down, there was also some sort of like ritual performed by Victor Creel. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And this is just like a, the what was absolute total bullshit became real by coincidence of the 
uh, infestation of the upside down, you know, wiggly blood or whatever. Yeah, I think uh, that's fair. Steve, is that where you're at with it? I got right now. That's good. Yeah, I think there's definitely something happened at this. Whatever's going on started at the Creole house um, in some way, shape or form, whether that was some sort of ritual or maybe like a gate was opened before the first gate with 11 and this uh, season one stuff. Um, Because there definitely is some sort of tie with the eyes coming out. Maybe this Vecna character killed Victor Creel's family and he's just the the Eddie Munson character that everyone's like, oh, how'd you do this to your family? That's crazy. And let's lock him up. And maybe he's just this lock him up, lock Lock him him up. up. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I don't really know how I haven't really figured out how he's actually connecting with these people or what the end goal. Do you think I like the idea that he's choosing people specifically, but I don't know to what end because he clearly he could have attacked Eddie or at least marked Eddie for his next target. But maybe it has to be a proximity thing because like he gets Chrissy. And she dies where she is. And then the next victim is Fred. And that's only because he seemingly gets closer to where that last incident happened. I don't know. I feel like we need a couple more clues, at least for me. I think I need a, one or two more episodes maybe to kind of get a better like, oh, OK. Well, we do see a glimpse of like there's this. I keep spoiling my egos because I don't think any of them are real. But there's like this house on Haunted Hill scene at the very end of Vecna. He's got like a matrix except squishy plugs in his back and stuff. Right. And he's floating like he causes other people to float. So it makes me think that he's somewhere doing that while they're floating. You know what I mean? But anyway, like maybe his tendrils are. Did did you get the the idea that that is in the real world that that's happening? Because I don't remember any upside down dandruff or was there in like the house on Haunted Hill scene. The lighting that was that was like, an upside down because that's the, for sure. Yeah, because okay. it had the blue light with the red lightning happening. Yeah, okay. they showed they showed the outside and all the demo bats were flying. around. Yeah, that's right. Stuff. The demo bats. We're we're gonna see see those eventually, I guess. So maybe yeah, those tendrils you mentioned are like somehow connecting him matrix style into our world. Yeah, and at least into people's minds. But he's able to physically fuck them up. Yeah, it almost seems like the because they said it's almost like. And we now their, know their eyes are being sucked into them. So almost like he's pulling. Yeah. Like their, them their into bodies the upside are being, down. being pulled in. And so that's why their bones are being creaked in. Sure. And eyes are being sucked into their head is they're literally being sucked into themselves. Right. It's not the upside down. It's the inside out. Ooh. Ooh. Um, we now know because we saw Max floating like that in the cemetery in the trailer. So we now know at some point he's going to get her. Gonna get her. Not fully get her. He's gonna try to get her. Yeah, but I mean, he's gonna get very close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to the floaty portion. It's right after the floaty portion that all hell breaks loose. And don't forget the uh, the clock. The clock. Well, the, I was gonna about, about to say the Billy William headstones thing. So we have like mm-hmm. an alternate dimension maybe, possibility maybe going that's on there. A, maybe too. that's the vision that he. I'm gonna laugh her. so hard if that's just like a fucking. Uh, what's it? What's a it called? Up, a a uh, continuity error. It's yeah. just a continuity error. Yeah. yeah. We need another shot of the gravestone. You know, it's Billy, right? Well, no, it'd be William on a gravestone. (laughs) That guy's fired. Put the full name. (laughs) Um, So anyway, chocolate pudding time. Top three moments. Let's go pretty quick. I'm eager to watch episode three. Mm -hmm. Andy, what is your Uh, third favorite moment? My number three, uh, I'm going to say, is uh, Fred's experience in the murder woods. 
uh, the okay. where he wanders in, he hears the clock, and then he's, five out of five, great experience in the murder woods would go again. <laughs> he sees all all of the creepy people standing around. I just love that sequence where the little girl, like everybody's heads are down, which is creepy and awesome. The, all of that was really well done. When she raises her hand and like points at him, and the hand elongates into the creepy Vecna fingers, uh, it, it was really. You're about to get Vecna fingers. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> it was very satisfying I don't horror like moment. That. <laughs> uh, it was super well done. Super well done. Nothing stand out in this whole episode, but everything really well done. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yep. Absolutely. Steve, you're number three. My number three is just uh, more of a general statement. I, I like that people in Hawkins are actually, you know, th- this feels like a big deal more so than anything has really happened since maybe like when will was abducted in the first season like when the cops show up and they find chrissy in the very beginning and they're like what the fuck is this and there's this they all know there's this feeling that seems to grip that this is kind of a general chocolate pudding that encapsulates several scenes in the in the episode but i just like this whole mm, you're cheating shit feels real like this feels yeah, like I know the town understands. It's not rotten the pumpkins yeah know? it's not rotten pumpkins like, all that benny hill on the hill he he's 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 sabotaging my my kins my pumpkins no it's like <laughs> fucking cheerleader got brutally murdered and yeah. like we don't know what to do this is insane right it's a more realistic reaction than like season one they're like oh it was a fake dead body that was in the quarry oh okay we'll call him zombie boy and move on right you know it yeah. should have been like what the fuck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway Chris? Uh, my number three is uh, Fred as well, but the first version I just loved. It took me very much by surprise when the cop leaned in the window and he started uh, interrogating. Don't I know you? And it started off pretty innocuous. And then all of a sudden it was demonic, you know, and I didn't see that coming. I didn't know Fred was going to be the guy. I fully expected this to go straight to Max or something else, you know, because Max was also you said proximity. Max lives in the trailer park. So I thought that was how it would go to Max. Um, but I was wrong. I was very happy to be wrong where now we get to see her rejoined with the gang, at least for a little while. Right. Um, cause I thought she was going to continue to be isolated and start to deal with like Vecna hauntings on her own way off. Gladly. So it's fucking Fred. Who cares about Fred? So that was great. That was my number three. Andy, you're number two. Uh, number two, uh, Jonathan and Argyle golfing. Uh, oh and, yeah. And getting advice. That's a good one. And sending him to go. You need to go smoke weed right now. You're stressing me out. And even my girlfriend, uh, the purple palm tree delight. Yeah. It was fun. And it was really interestingly shot. They, they cut to all these really cool angles of wides like, yeah. from the wides and like from the side of the van that's massive, yeah. like half the frame and stuff. It was, it was the sound just, design too. You could hear like the, the golf balls whistling through mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. It, it was a neat little sequence. There's a lot of obstructing shots in this season so far, whether you use, use something to obscure, you know, two thirds of the screen. So you really focus it on someone in the one third. Mm-hmm. I've just been noticing that overall. Steve, what's your number two? Number two. It's also got a little bit of a cheat, but it's it's the two scenes with Jason. Um, it's the first scene where he's being interrogated by the the terrible cops. And then the second scene where he's like rallying his troops like, I don't know, I really like so far that I'm I'm digging that actor as well. Like for, as for someone that's just been so thrown into the story, like I haven't heard of this amazing basketball player that was supposed to be Steve Harrington. He was the king of the school, and then Billy before him. Who's this new Jason? Uh, but right. But but I'm enjoying what they're doing with him. I, I I thought the scene with him and the police were really well acted, and then the second scene where he's rallying the troops, I like that scene a lot because I I'm I'm really loving the the. Um, the dramatic tension that they're putting with Lucas in the season, like you can see him really kind of grappling with, you know, Oh, I know what D and D is. It's not that bad, but I also, I don't want to, 
I don't want to out myself as a nerd. And I love how that's putting him at odds with his friends. And I like that moral conundrum that they're putting in him in this season. I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, my number two was when Eleven hits Angela with the skate. Um, as terrified as I am about what they're doing with this plot line and where they're going to take it, I have full confidence in them. I think you're right that it's probably a, a fleeting um, conundrum that she finds herself in. Uh, she's going to ultimately win out over self very quickly. Um, probably it's like, you know, she had this huge, uh, like moral dichotomy going on, uh, in season two that took less than one episode to finish in the lost sister. Right. So they might do something over the, like three episodes with this, uh, wrestling with her rage thing or whatever. I'm not sure, but all that is to say that scene in general, really well done. They took this, um, satisfying moment and made you question why is it satisfying are you a bad person and then turn yeah. it into a scary thing um i just thought it was well done and in a, in a bare bones episode with very few peaks really that was that was a high point for me andy you're number one um my, my number one is going to be uh fred's death uh the, the intercut with uh, eddie learning about the upside down um, it was just, uh, we got more of the body horror and, uh, the, the way that it was intercut with like, Hey, we're establishing the stakes and bringing this new guy into the fold, uh, and seeing the, uh, the, the, the stakes continue to ramp up. And, uh, we, it, when, when they killed Chrissy, it happened in quick flashes and spurts. And this was like, uh, it's all out there on display and we'll watch him, his body fucking crumble. And that was fucked up and dope. It was gnarly. For sure. Steve, you're number one. That That's also my number one, but more from the perspective of Eddie. I really liked the, the, the kids coming in and talking with him and they're kind of like, they're doing the overly dramatic, like Vecna, he's a powerful wizard. You know, it, it's so corny, but it's so stranger things. And a dark mage, a dark, yeah, a super badass. And you've got, you've got the, the scoops troop, you know, the a team. And then you're also adding in this Eddie Munson character that we immediately love. And I'm just so happy that he's not the villain and he's going to join the crew. Seemingly, uh, I'm very excited about that. And then plus you can see Fred dead. Fred Fred's dead. dead. Fred's dead. Oh, skank, skank's dead. That's a line from the crow. Anywho, <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my number one is the same, uh, but more on the Steve end of just literally the Eddie telling the story. Mm -hmm. uh, I cannot describe to you how much I love the Eddie Munson character. I think I said this last episode verbatim, but mm -hmm. I adore him. I think it's great. I'm so excited to see where he goes. I love that he's like a Steve slash Billy who has the uh, propensity of a Dustin Whereas like he knows all of the, so it's not just the older kid who's cool and capable, like fucking Vecna is a dark whizzy whatty, you know, it's like he <laughs> plays D and D. So he's like, Oh shit, you're right. You know? And like, that's a whole new element. Um, and I, I'm here for, I, as an adult who is into sorcery, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yes, you're a level 12 mage. Exactly. Right. Uh, so I'm really stoked about that. And I thought he's a, he's a brilliant actor. Um, jo Joseph Quinn is the actor, I think. Joseph Quinn. Joey Quinn's is what I call him. They call him and Joe Keery, the guy who plays Steve, uh, the Joes. That makes sense. Yeah. Because they're both I, named Joe. Yeah. I was watching the, there was that um, Stranger Things what you, uh, premiere event that they were streaming. On TikTok. On TikTok. Yeah. You know, I went back on YouTube and watched all the, the interviews. And that dude is, su the guy who plays... Um, Eddie is such a lovely guy. He's super British. I was going to say, he's definitely British. He's super British. And like when they brought him on stage, it's like, oh my God, there's a lot of people here. Oh, huh. 
hello <laughs> you don't know me yet because you haven't uh, seen the season yeah he, he just seemed like such a lovely, lovely yeah guy i'm really excited about his entry so that was my number one very excited for episode three real quick i don't even really have any egos guys i mean dumb ones like bambi thundercats i thought i saw a baywatch poster i'm not sure if it was around in 1986 i guess it was uh yeah double vhs you guys find any any good ones a couple a couple ones well now that we know that uh Chad's name is actually Jason. It seems that we're getting horror movie names coming in. We have Fred and Jason. Sure. So far. Good one. Eddie. Yeah, the uh, center could, is named Pinhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Eddie could be like Ed Gein, who uh, Leatherface was supposed to be based off of. Leatherface's oh, real name was Bubba Sawyer, and they're not going to name somebody Bubba. So <laughs> Bubba Hotep. Maybe Eddie was for that. Uh, there was uh, one pretty cool one uh, when Max was sitting there watching TV uh, when uh, in the little flashback when things are hitting the fan. I'm pretty sure that what they were watching was a uh, show that only ran in like 85, 86 called Misfits of Science, uh, which was about <laughs> uh, supernatural teens and adults and the misadventures that they get up to. And we see Courtney Cox briefly on the screen and she plays a telekinetic teenager in that show. So that. Hell yeah. Felt like it was pretty fitting. Damn, good catch, man. Uh, let's see. I have a bunch of stuff from the movie theater. There was, uh, I saw Pete's Dragon. I saw Gremlins, Teen Wolf, Beverly Hills, Cop, Standy, mm-hmm. uh, Europe, Europe Vacation, Outsiders. Uh, when they were in Benny's Diner, I saw one of those little, uh, it's called Astro Shooter. It's a little tabletop pinball game. And that, that was just like in a panning shop. I was like, I know what that is. Adam had one. Uh, <laughs> so that that was cool. Um, and let's see. I think that that was about all of mine. Steve, there you got, was, any, you got there any good were, egos? There were a couple that, like, just to add on to Andy's, there's so many in the in the family video. Um, there was a Raiders of the Lost Ark standee in the background. There's a bunch of stuff I couldn't quite make out because it was just, like, out of focus, you know, in the background. Like, the, they finally put the Gremlin standee in focus. I was looking at that for a long time. Like, what the fuck is that? I know what that is. And the camera got a little closer. I'm like, ah, there was of course a bunch of movies when Robin was trying to find Reefer Rick. Yeah. But I didn't was, uh, bother writing them down. They mentioned Michael Myers. They talked about mask, footloose, grease, splash, Cheech and Chong, uh, Dumbo. I think, uh, Dr. Zivago, Zivago, uh, Zivago. Thank you. Um, and then of course we have our music. You were we thinking of Hidalgo, play. the Viggo Mortensen horse movie. Uh, fucking love Hidalgo. Hidalgo Do you? rocks. <laughs> nice. He rides his horse through a storm. <laughs> More of a sea biscuit guy myself. Yeah, that's cool. Get out. <laughs> this is a Hidalgo <laughs> house, you know, you sir. With the Tobes. I do. The Tobes. <laughs> uh, the music we had, we got some good ones. We had spin me round by dead or alive. Uh, I think that played in the roller rink. Uh, there was Rock Me Amadeus by Falco, also in the roller rink. Uh, Amadeus, great Amadeus. song. Amadeus. Oh, 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 Amadeus. Uh, we had some Tarzan Boy by Baltimore, which is a great song. Oh, that should have been my favorite number one moment. Fucking when the Talking Heads played. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then Talking Heads, Psycho Killer played as Psycho well. Psycho Killer. Better. Run, 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 run away. Oh. It's time to hear the Mad Lib we created at the beginning of the episode. Steve, drop it on us. All right. So like we mentioned at the top, this week's episode or this episode's uh, Mad Lib is called Which Stranger Kid Are You? Do you picture yourself hanging in Mike's basement like one of the elephants? <laughs> See which quick things kid you'd be by choosing the sentence below that fits your personality best. 
you follow your nipples and lead with it too. <laughs> when there's a problem you don't strike back and wait for someone else to fix it, you call the antelopes. <laughs> the other option, you're in no ladder to grow up. Who needs dog shit friends? There you go. <laughs> when you've got best buds and board pens. Option C, you're skeptical of new prostitutes trying to join the party. <laughs> that always does make me raise my brows. But that's because you're protective of the ones you purchase. Holy shit. <laughs> I love that you're like, holy what? shit, as you're reading it. I said purchase. Wow, that fit really well. <laughs> Option D, you're a proud self-proclaimed windmill. Arcade games, unicorn camp, a Q club. Ooh, that's bad in this day and age. You yeah. love it all. Answers, if you picked A, you are Mike Flimflam. If you picked B, you're Will Byers. If you pick C, you're Miss Penny Sinclair. And if you pick D, you're Dustin Henderson. That is, which stranger kid are you? Awesome. Well done, guys. Well done. It was less creepy that time. Slightly. Uh, no, I mean, there were prostitutes being purchased. That's, yeah. And dog shit the, friends. The world's <laughs> oldest trade. So uh, we're going to go watch uh, episode three right now. We're very excited. Thank you for tuning in uh, so, so much. Stay tuned. Well, I'm sure we'll be dropping this next episode pretty quickly after this one. And remember, there's a bunch of bonus content uh, on our Patreon at patreon.com slash streaming things. That's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Andy. Yes, Fran. Uh, you didn't know I was going to call on you, did you? Yeah, I'm ready. We're going to thank our Patreon subscribers who are uh, producers of the show and allow it to happen. All right, we can do that. Hello there. Oh, oh Obi-Wan, Andy? Obi-Wan is here. <laughs> Andy One Kenobi? <laughs> thank you, Phil. Uh, now, now I got to run up with some uh, Obi-Wan references. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> He's loading them in real so time. So uncivilized. Carmelita. So unsurprised. <laughs> I can't think of them. Okay. We're going to say thank you, Phil. Thank you, Carmelita. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Enza. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Katie. Thank you, Katie. So uncivilized. <laughs> Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Sarah. Hello there. Thank you, Elo. Kyle, I guess. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Steven. And thank you, Aaron. Thank you guys so much for uh, keeping the lights on over here at Streaming Things. Goodbye. Goodbye there. <laughs> Goodbye there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>